Well, welcome back to our study in the book of James, ladies, and today we'll continue in James chapter 4. I've titled this lesson, Day 9, Prideful Hearts. We'll be in James chapter 4, starting in verse 11. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open there to James chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So yesterday we saw James warn against worldliness and prioritizing the things of the world over God. Now James gives us some practical examples of how we live under God's economy. Notice how he starts verse 11 because it's very important. He tells us not to speak evil against one another, a brother. He's addressing issues within the body of Christ. This is not about those outside the body. This is basically slander. Tiny side note, the Greek word for devil is slanderer. Slander is the native language of the devil. Slander is basically the sin of envy in a verbal form. So you can see how this is tied to what we read yesterday. Notice, nowhere does James imply that this is happening where there is actual guilt. And even if there was guilt, nowhere do we see that we should be slandering brothers and sisters in Christ. God is the one who is the ultimate judge and is able to save or destroy all of us. If you speak evil against a brother or sister in Christ, you're sinning. You're setting yourself up as the judge. You're not submitted to the law, and you are the one in the wrong. Contrast this with what we see in Matthew 18. In Matthew 18, we see that when one is caught in actual sin, that sin is being carefully and lovingly addressed for the reconciliation of the sinner back to God and to the body. That's not what James is addressing here. He is addressing a critical spirit within the body, one that elevates self and says, I'm better than that guy over there, and I'll tell you why. There's no desire to gently rebuke or correct a potential sin or a possible sin that's going on. It's just speaking evil. It's a desire to harm, and it's more about elevating yourself than anything. You become the source of what is right and wrong. You become the arbiter of truth. Your good opinion is ultimate, and that should not be. We must be careful of setting ourselves up as being over others in this way. Ladies, Scripture should always be our authority. We should be pointing others to Scripture, not to ourselves. And if there is a genuine evil being done, we should deal with it appropriately out of love and concern for the one caught in sin, and it should grieve us. We shouldn't rejoice over our sin or anyone else's either. Sin, in ourselves especially, should grieve us, but in others, it should also drive us to prayer for them and a desire for them to be made right with God. When we set ourselves up as the authority, 
our pride is taking over, and we have to be careful of thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. Pride sneaks up in ways we don't even imagine, and James's next example is another one that is, at its root, pride. James' next example is one to warn us to hold everything loosely. We make our plans. Plans aren't a bad thing. We shouldn't just sit around and do nothing. The problem, though, is when those plans become our focus over everything. The focus in this example is on the prophet. It is on my plans, not on God's plans. God ultimately is in control and his timing is perfect. As I prepare this lesson, I have a dear friend and sister in Christ who is expecting to close on a house tomorrow. The housing market has been extraordinarily tight, even over the rest of the country here in our town in Iowa, because of a devastating inland hurricane last August. This sister and her husband spent months, literally, looking for homes in their price range and having them all be sold within hours before they could even get an offer in. Today, the bank discovered a legal issue on the seller's end that will prevent the closing from happening unless a judge can address the issue before tomorrow. And yet, I'm more upset over this than she is. She truly does understand that all of this is hap- will happen in God's timing. She is grateful that where they are at right now, they are not on a timeline to have to move out immediately and they can wait. I'm over here all, but plans, you counted on this. It's supposed to be tomorrow so you can do the things next week. And my friend is waiting patiently for the Lord's timing. If the Lord wills, they will close tomorrow. If he doesn't, they will close when he wills it to happen. Period. James points out that our lives are truly a mist. We are here for a breath. But God is in control of it all. If we make our plans without seeking God in prayer... And then we expect to be able to keep those plans without God's hand. We're fooling ourselves. You can't manipulate God. You can't force his hand. He may let you make some very foolish mistakes as you strive to do what you want to do when it isn't his will. It reminds me of First Samuel when Eli, the high priest at the time, had two worthless sons. These sons had accompanied Israel out into battle. and The battle wasn't going well. Eli's sons decided they could force God's hand and ensure a victory themselves by bringing out the Ark of the Covenant and having it go out ahead of Israel. After all, the mercy seat on the Ark was where God's presence would rest. So they figured, send God out ahead of the people and we'll win. Of course, God didn't give them the victory. In fact, they were routed so badly that the Philistines not only defeated Israel, but captured the Ark of the Covenant Eli's sons were killed, and Eli himself, when he heard the news, fell down and died. You can't manipulate God. You can't make your own plans, tell yourself that God approves when you haven't actually consulted him at all, and then expect to prosper. It isn't going to happen. God will not be mocked. The only boasting believers should do is boasting in our Lord, in what he has done for us, and how he is working in us. Our arrogance and boasting in ourselves leads us to exalt ourselves into the place that only God should hold. Be very careful about trying to usurp God's glory. He alone is glorious, and he rightly does not share his glory with anyone. The flip side, James sums up very briefly. If you do know the good you ought to do, it isn't a question and you know what you should do, and you don't do it, you're sinning. We can sin by not including God in our plans or paying him mere lip service, 
and we can sin by not acting when we know we are supposed to. There are some things we know it is always God's will for us to do. Praying for those who are lost in their sins, that's something that's always God's will. Caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ in practical, tangible ways is always God's will. Obeying His commands, serving each other. These are just some examples of things that are always God's will. So if you're talking to your sister in Christ who is single and on a fixed income and you find out that she's struggling to be able to get groceries this month, you know the good you ought to do. If you honestly don't have the money to help, you may still have resources to find a way to get her to a food bank or to call your church and see what other options there are to help her. But you need to also invest yourself in finding out those options. One of my favorite examples of this is a sweet woman from our old church. She had a massive stroke and wasn't able to do much at all physically. She walked with a cane or a walker, had trouble speaking, all very typical things that come with a stroke, but she could still dial a telephone. So she would take the church directory and every day she would make a handful of calls. Speaking was still a challenge for her, so she didn't make a bunch of calls every day, but she would call each and every person in the church directory over the course of a couple of months and just leave a message or have a very brief conversation to let that person know she was praying for them and for their family. She was extremely limited in what she could actually do. So she thought about it and found something she could do for the body and she did it. She didn't look at her physical limitations as reasons not to be actively part of the body. She looked at her physical limitations and found a way she could still be part of the body. Ladies, a few questions for us to ponder today. How might you be speaking evil against a brother or sister in Christ? How have you used your tongue to slander one for whom the Lord died? How have you made your opinions the standard? Where do you need to repent for your treatment of others? How might you be setting yourself up to be God in other ways? Are your plans the most important plans? If you don't get what you want, do you blame God? Do you truly consult God in all that you do and pay attention to warning signs as you ask for discernment? Ask God to help you to truly hold everything with an open hand, knowing He is in control and hold your plans loosely. How are you taking advantage of opportunities to do the good you know you ought to do? Are there other ways your pride may be causing you to sin? Ask God to reveal those to you today to help you to repent and truly leave those sins behind. Ask Him to help you to boast only in Him and to trust Him for all your plans. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com, day 9, Prideful Hearts.